Welcome to You Mean the Counselling World, the podcast dedicated to student counsellors and their road to getting qualified and beyond. Today, I'm beyond excited as I'm joined by an incredibly special lady by the name of Cassie Depotalis. Cassie and I trained together for our diploma and it was great to sit down and reminisce on our experience of training, the highs, the scary bits and all that was in between. Hello Cassie, it's really lovely to see you here today and um, how are you doing? I'm good thanks, yeah. Hi Becky, wow, it's been a long time. Yeah, it really has, hasn't it? And thank you for being here today. It means so much to me. And yeah, so you're my my first guest. (laughs) Yay! Oh, I feel privileged. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for agreeing to do it. It's um, it's really, yeah, it feels really important that we we get to put this stuff out into the world for everybody. So I'm really pleased. No, when when I saw you doing these podcasts, I was like, excellent, fantastic idea. So yeah, anything I could do to help... um, more than happy. Thank you. That's really helpful. Really helpful. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be in touch again soon. <laughs> so, do yeah. please do. Yeah. Shall we talk a little bit about what you've been up to since we trained together all of those years ago? And you know, what have you been doing with your time? Yeah. So, um, so I think we. Well, I think I must have qualified about nine or ten years ago now, which I can't quite believe it's been that long. And. Um, I was reflecting on this actually a few days ago that after I qualified, I didn't actually practice for a good, I would say, three and a bit years um, because I felt the journey of training as a as a therapist was quite intense. I mean, it was a lot of fun and it, it there were so many um, different aspects to it, but for me, it was quite an intense journey and I felt like I needed a bit of a pause. And I also didn't feel quite ready to put myself out there and hold space for people um, in, a, in a professional capacity. So it's a bit like learning to drive, isn't it? You know, I remember when I first learned to drive, uh, I, I was, you know, a decent enough driver. But with practice and experience, I then became a good driver. And I felt a bit like that. I feel a bit like that with with my journey as um, as a counsellor that I needed some time to sort of process things, assimilate, digest. And then there was a point where I just started to feel a bit more ready to go out there into the world. Um, and um, so I think it must be about five years ago now, I started to work uh, professionally one-on-one with young people. So young people and children is um, uh, the clients I specialise in. So I started with like one client and then I just slowly built up. So the last um, four and a half years have just been a gradual, just, yeah, becoming more and more, just doing more and more what I love and gaining more and more clients and gaining so much experience that way as well. And so now I have a really thriving little business um, and I love what I do. So and, I, and as I said, I predominantly work with uh, five to eighteen-year-olds, and I've also recently started working with parents, and um, I'm now beginning to work with slightly older young people, so young adults, so eighteen to twenty-five-year-olds. So yes, it's yeah. been. Uh, Gosh, it sounds like you've come a really long way. It yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it does feel like that. Um, I think starting out was. You know, it has lots of challenges when you're first starting out and you're newly qualified. And um, 
but I, I just I feel so much more confident and at ease in my role now than I ever did and I think that definitely comes with experience and I also enjoy what I do a lot more now as well because I feel more confident and at ease and also when when you start to see the the benefits of what you're giving to your clients um that's something that's extraordinary that's something really beautiful and I which is what makes me love what I do more and more you know so seeing seeing these young people transform before my eyes um in my presence is um I can't think of a I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing more to be honest oh I love that I love that passion that you've got for it and I always remember that about you having that real passion for what we were doing and and I guess it really mirrored how I felt too because I was I had a similar passion and I think that's why you and I always sort of hit it off in the way that we did and it feels um really yeah. sort of special to catch up with you and to hear about how far you've come um, and I was really interested in what you were saying about beginning to work with the parents as well because isn't that just such yeah. a difficult thing for parents to be dealing with something that their children are going through and not knowing how not knowing the best way and, and not not knowing how to deal with that I guess well absolutely I mean I found working with young children particularly the younger ones so they're sort of under sort of under the age of 11 and 12 um and some of the children that come to me are very small and some of them you know my youngest youngest is sometimes four or five years old so part of what I do very naturally is also spend a lot of time talking to the parents and conversing with them trying to help them and give giving them um, the right resources tools and strategies to work with their children because obviously I could only do so much when the child is in the space with me and of course they then go home and spend the majority of time with their parents so supporting the parents felt very or feels very key um so now I've started to do that more officially so offering one-to-one consultations with parents so that they then have more so that then they're more resourced to be able to support their child's uh, emotional well, then, um, mental health and emotional well-being. Um, so, yeah, I, I do love that part of it too. That's been very exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like it's it's a new sort of chapter in your new in your in your business itself as well, like a new chapter and a new thing to. Although you're doing it to sort of do it kind of as you say, consultations kind of a more officially. I think it sounds more official in that sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? it sounds very official. Yeah, and I th- and I think it, the, the beauty of it is is that it all happened very naturally and spontaneously. And I've, I've actually found a lot of the work I do now has come from just being very much in the flow, being very just um, learning, finding ways to become more aligned with myself and what I do, and being very responsive in terms of how I connect with these young people. And then a lot of um, just very things just become very easeful and natural. Um, when I, yeah, I, I find I, I, I wasn't planning on doing one-to-one consultations, you know, um, and I wasn't planning to work with adolescents either, but it's just na- things naturally develop, have developed naturally. Um, so I think that's often the best way, isn't it? Yeah, you took or, the words right out of my mouth. Growth. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that it's just yeah. done. Yeah. The best thing is when it just emerges from somewhere in a really natural way. And Exactly. And I think also finding my 
particular flavour or approach to counselling has also been a natural development because I remember when we did our training um, our our teacher was often our tutor was often saying you know you need to find what works for you what your particular flavour or approach is and I was like well I don't really know and I didn't know for quite a while and now it's sort of coming together more and more and I think that will be a constant learning the more I develop and the more my skills develop yeah I think for all of us it's that isn't it is it continual journey and that continual realization that it's us working with the client isn't it it's just us as people and we're sitting there and we're doing the best that we can with that space um and yeah it really resonates with me when you're talking about that idea of finding your your flavour and I remember the tutors talking about that kind of personal um, counselling synthesis Mm. do you remember that that kind of real feeling of piecing things together and being able to find the right pieces to fit for you and that's always really stuck with me that idea of different tools yes exactly yeah and it's very personal I think to each each as a counsellor your you know your your journey as a counsellor is a very personal one and you can do all kinds of training but at the end of the day it come really comes down to who you are yeah, I don't think I can put yeah. it more succinctly than that. That sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? It is. It's about who you yeah. are and and everything else kind of falls into place around that once you know who you are. And I guess that takes us quite nicely into our, into our training, doesn't it? And I'm wondering what you remember about yes. the experience of being there. And I should probably say for the people listening that, we, that Cassie and I trained together um, at the Dartmoor Centre for Counselling and Psychotherapy um, based here in Devon and... Oh my gosh, what an amazing experience. And that's how I've, that's how I've experienced anyway, very much an amazing place to learn. And just, oh, it was yeah, incredible. it was the most amazing group of oh. people, wasn't it? <laughs> and, you know, to reminisce feels so oh, special. Incredible. Oh, it, do you know, I get, it makes brings, like, brings tears thinking yes. back to that time because it was such a moving, sensitive, um, Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a very special time. And it's funny, actually, the, when you say, what do you remember? What sticks out for you? Do you know, the first thing that came to mind was the biscuits. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the chocolate-covered raisins. We, we, <laughs> yes, yes. Because we had uh, the most beautiful, like, old English cottage kitchen, didn't we, where we would have our tea breaks and our coffee breaks. And there was always this extraordinary display of incredible biscuits and nibbles and things. So I remember demolishing plates of biscuits. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, too. everybody. Yeah, everybody was so different on our course as well, and all, every, lots of different age groups. And there was a good balance, I think, of male and female, from what I remember. Because counselling can sometimes be a predominantly female space, but I found there was a really nice balance. We had some lovely guys on our course, um, which balanced things out, which was, yeah, which was lovely to see. Um, And I remember just the whole experience felt very, very safe and actually very joyful. And I remember Ken, our tutor, saying at the very beginning, one of the things he said, which always stuck with me, is that misery is optional. (laughs) Do you remember that? Because I remember thinking, oh, counselling. I remember We're going to sit around being really serious and crying and, you know, talking about our childhood trauma. And it wasn't like that at all. And in fact, I remember quite a few occasions. I don't know if it was you or there there was a few people that I couldn't sit opposite in our 
um, in that lounge area where we were doing our training because like, we just look at each other and just start giggling a bit, a bit like being at school. <laughs> so there was a yeah, lot of that, fun. That was definitely me, I'm afraid. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it was a lot of fun and humour um, mixed in with, you know, obviously intensity and seriousness as well. Um, but it was a good, it was a good blend. Um, yeah, but it was a for me. It was definitely a joyful experience and I think a lot of that came from just feeling very safe with everyone in the group and also just feeling very safe with our tutors we had um two very star tutors which made the experience what it is as well so yeah there's so much I could say about our training yeah me too it's really emotional to think about it it's like oh it's it was I think something that really struck me then when you were talking is what a safe space it did feel it it felt very very safe didn't it and it felt you know not to say it wasn't without its challenges it absolutely was but it felt like we were we were we were quite literally in someone's home weren't we and that really came across there was nothing clinical about it it wasn't like going to college it was that it was a lovely homely space with the lovely uh, cottagey kitchen and then our training was um was done in the in this lovely lounge area where we all had like blankets and nice sofas to sit on and we were all often encouraged to bring our um you know our hot water bottle and our fluffy socks you know so it was just so that we could really sink into our humanity you know we're training as professionals but first and foremost we're human beings and we're going on a very internal journey and for that to be safe and supportive we all needed to feel safe with each other and as e- and as relaxed and comfortable as possible. So I felt that the, the, the tutors really, really created an environment, an optimal environment for us to learn in. So I think that was very, very important. And if ever I was to do, um, to train again, I would want to um, be in that kind of environment because it definitely got the best out of me. And I think it got the best out of everybody else too yeah I agree it got the best out of me for sure because it was a safe you know it quite literally was that and I I forgot actually about the fluffy slippers and the hot water bottles and it was really nice to remember that 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 was a big part of what they were doing there (laughs) wasn't it and all together we would be cozy and comfy and and there was still space if yeah. we needed to be, you know, on our own. If we didn't want to hang out with other people at, at lunchtime, there was no pressure to. But there was a space yeah. for us all to get together yeah, exactly. and to, you know, just just know each other and laugh with each other and, and, you know, maybe cry with each other sometimes. But there was that space, wasn't there? But it wasn't it, compulsory. Exactly. We could go off and do what we needed into the gardens or go, go down to town at lunchtime. And that was fine, too. Exactly. And sometimes people were triggered, you know, I remember, you know, some of the people in the course would sometimes get very, very triggered and very emotional. And there was always a lot of holding around that. I found that the tutors were fantastic at holding space for that. And also, you know, we were encouraged to take space if we needed it. And and we were lucky to be surrounded by beautiful gardens and space to just walk and just be quiet and be alone if we needed to and there was that there were other rooms you could go in as well if you just wanted a little bit of downtime so um and I was actually because I start when I started the training I was living in in Devon and then within a few weeks I moved to Bristol so I was um traveling from Bristol down to Devon for the weekend so I had quite a lot of traveling either side of of the training as well um so it was quite yeah it took quite a lot of energy 
Um, yeah, I always remember your journey and you having to, to do that. And I remember really thinking of you sometimes when we left and it was in the evening and it was getting dark. And yeah. I would really think of you on that journey and think, oh, my gosh, you've got to travel all that way. And, and quite often we were exhausted, weren't we, at the end of sessions oh, yeah. and at the end of spending all that time learning full exactly. up, you're completely full by the end. Exactly. Do you know, thinking about it though, I think that because it was a two hour drive back to Bristol and I used to just spend that time, you know, sometimes I find in the car driving long distance is quite a good place to reflect. So I just have things rolling over in my mind and I was actually quite, it was actually quite a good transitional space for me to go from the sort of training environment back to my home environment and just kind of filter things through and reflect, think about things that happened over the course of that few days we spent together. So in a kind of way, it was it kind of worked for me to have that distance yeah. to travel. Yeah, yeah. I often think that about driving that it does it enables. You know, I, I hear that from clients sometimes that they enjoy that drive and they find that really helpful. And I think that's that was something around working on Zoom, isn't it? You don't always get that. That's true. Um, and so mm. yeah, if. Yeah, it's a different transition, isn't it, into into back into the into the other part of the world, I suppose, without um, without that journey to get there. Exactly. In fact, yes. and yeah. I do work on Zoom with some some of my clients now, and um, what I do in between Zoom lessons is I uh, not lessons sessions. Sorry, I, I will get up and I will walk around and I will go in my garden, or sometimes I'll just walk down the road and back if I've got ten minutes, just to kind of shake it up. Um, yeah, change the space and change my heads you know adapt my headspace yeah. as well so that that's yeah that's a really good tip actually for everyone listening isn't it if they're on placement and things to be able to go off and do that um, feels really really useful to be able to change the energy exactly. and to move back into the world that you're trying to work in and that in the counseling world and back into that room and it feels really um important very to do important that. yeah, yeah sure. self-care yeah. is some is something i've learned a lot about this last few years I actually think that the tutors on our course helped to instill that that huge sense of of really really looking after yourself in the work that we do because it's just so important isn't it to take care and I don't know about you but I often remember Ken you know one of the tutors talking about how he would take himself off to a flotation tank do you remember that him talking about that idea of did he? Oh, I don't that? remember that. <laughs> and it would be to go and be in a flotation tank. And I wonder yeah. if he still does that now, but what a lovely idea to do <laughs> to go and just be in the water and, yeah. and just float, you know, wow. You know, to me, that feels like the ultimate self-care. And yeah, actually, it's been yeah. on my list of things to do since he said that all of that time ago, and I still haven't done it. Yeah, have a nice float. Whatever, what, I was going to just say something, like whatever floats your boat <laughs> in terms of self-care. Yeah, no, it's so important. This this is key, actually. This is something I've learned just more recently. It, t- it takes us a while sometimes to learn these things. And there were a few things I ha- realised. I've literally just gone down to a four-day week as of two weeks ago. I was working uh, five days a week as, as a counsellor, and it was getting too much. So I've now gone down to four days, and that's made a huge difference. And also, I've upped my level of self-care now to max... And that's also made a huge, huge difference. So I think, you know, whether you're training as a counsellor or you are work, working as a counsellor, then it then self-care has to be top, top, top. And I actually had to rise, raise my prices so that, and this is all quite recently, so that I could look after myself um, 
in a more profound way and and yeah I'm then able to give more to the clients that I have so it's a win-win so I just yeah it's top 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 priority never 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 neglect And, and Ken used to say that in our training didn't he used to say that you can only give you know with that cup your cup has to be full and the, the, almost the, yes. the what you give to your clients is the overflow of, from that cup. And if, if you start to notice that your cup starts to dwindle in terms of energy, um, then you need to really check yourself and figure out what it is you're, what you need to give yourself. I use that analogy yeah. all the time with clients. You can't pour from an empty cup. Do you? It's one of my favourites. Yeah. And I think that that came from Ken and came from our training. And it was something that stayed with me for all of this time, that idea of you've got to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. And I think that as a training centre, that's what they were modelling when they were saying about wearing the fluffy slippers and bringing a hot water bottle. Yes. They were enabling us all to be aware of taking care of ourselves and putting our needs are really high up the pecking order to try and make that happen and that's something that I'm really aware of even to this day and and you're right it takes time to instill that into your life it doesn't always just happen but when it does happen you realize you've got the balance exactly and I think starting out I didn't realize quite how important it was until I started um, gaining more and more client work and then realizing over time oh actually um, I do need to take better care of myself I, I, you know, it was trial and error. And I learned, I did learn the hard way, actually, because there were quite a few times where I felt myself, particularly during the pandemic, because I was working five days a week during the pandemic and living alone, really not having anything either side of my work to really support me, nourish me in the way that things normally would, because obviously everything was shut down and everyone was locked up. Um, so I think that for me really made me more aware of, the importance of self-care because I had to start to really rev up my self-care routines and then that's just continued now that we've come out of lockdown yeah the lockdown and the pandemic hitting has been a reset button for many of us hasn't it to press the reset and to find Definitely. a way to move forward in life but yeah. maybe with the things that taking out the bits that were causing us problems in our life in a way and I think that that's what you've done it sounds like you've really evaluated everything yes Exactly, a big, exactly what you've just said, a reset and a reevaluation. And I think as you go along, you probably find this too, Becky, that you just sort of, it's a, it's a continual process. Every now and then you go, oh, I've got to stop here, pause here. What's not quite working? What do I need to adjust? I think so. Um, and, and that kind of reminds me again about something around the course, which was often we would be encouraged to do lots of journaling, wouldn't we? You know, using a journal alongside our other work. And I've still got my journal. Have you still got yours somewhere? Yeah, me too. Oh, it was funny, actually, as you're saying it. To be perfectly honest, I was really rebellious. I was like, I don't want to journal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, I had to force myself because now I actually journal a lot just because I want to. But I'm, I'm just a bit of a rebel. When people tell me to do things, I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to do that. Um, so I had to, um, yeah, I had to really encourage myself to keep up with my journal. But it was so interesting. It was so helpful. And like you said, I've still got mine tucked away somewhere. I've, got, I've still got all my um, counselling notes and journals and things. Um, I seem to remember... I drew. I did lots of drawings in my because I'm a bit of an artist as well. So I did lots of drawings and 
and um, doodles and things because I'm quite visual. So I often can, um, what's the word, connect with my feelings and my processes through, um, through drawing them out. So it wasn't necessarily always through words. And obviously because I'm a play therapist and I work with young children and young people, they often don't have the cognitive development to be able to talk about their stuff. So we do a lot of play and a lot of art, a lot of um, hands-on stuff, because because I'm a bit that way inclined yes, anyway. And, and that non the so, yeah, non-verbal the bit. Yes, the non-verbal bit, exactly. Yeah, really yeah, important. Really important. And, and actually, Ken, one of our tutors, it kind of takes us quite nicely on to... Um, Ken, again, he, you know, one of, really he was amazing when he's an amazing tutor... He was very much yeah. into sand tray, wasn't he? And using sand and objects. And yes. I don't know, what do you remember about that? Because I loved using all of that stuff together. I love the sand tray work. Um, and actually, so I um, I have a sand tray, which I use sometimes. During the pandemic, um, I only had a few in ha- like person-to-person in-house clients. And actually, the sand tray was not the best thing to use because of um, hygiene and things like that. So amazingly, and this is something extraordinary, I found an online virtual sand tray. Wow, Um, that's amazing. Yeah, we should link that in the description because it's incredible. So we'll link that in the description. I think it's called simplysandplay.com and it is amazing. And I use it with the adults, uh, the older children and the young adults as well. So um, yeah, I I love that and I love how profound it is, how transformative it can be, that whole process of just, um, obviously with the virtual, you haven't got the sensorial side of it, but, you know, when I do have my actual sand tray out and I can just dig my hands into it and then the children love getting their hands, feeling the sand and then moving the objects around and playing and it's amazing what can come out of that. Yeah, it's a wonderful resource. And I remember that room full of objects, on the shelves it was a, literally yeah. a whole room it was amazing it's like Disneyland you walk in there and it was just shelves and shelves and shelves of <laughs> these tiny little incredible objects everywhere everything you could possibly imagine it was amazing walking oh, in there it was it was um yeah it's an Aladdin's cave I used to think of it as like a real like you never know what you're going to find in there yes. it was amazing and did you have any sort of experience of sand tray or any experience of knowing about sand tray before we did the training no no, I didn't. I'd heard of it, um, but I know I'd never, never really inquired or, or no, I didn't really know very much at all. So that was all very new to me. And, and I loved it. Do you know, actually, I think that was probably one of the most powerful modules we did was the sand tray. I, of all the things, it would, it would get me. It would move me. I would get very emotional and I'd come away from doing our sand tray work and I'd be like, whoa. That was powerful. Um, and I need to sort of just pause for a bit. Again, I think it's that uh, bypassing the kind of more rational cognitive side of things. And it just seemed to go straight to the heart and straight to the... Or just connect me right into my feelings, emotions, uh, really into the heart of, of my experience without words, which is probably one of the things that drew me to working more with young people and children because as I said earlier that's more of my flavour. It's the creativeness of all of that isn't it but 
We were given so many opportunities to try out so many different ways of working together and, you know, really getting into that. And we were given so many, you know, forms of being creative as as tools to use if we chose to use them, if they matched into our flavour, as you say. Um, And I I really appreciate that about the course. Yeah, exactly. It was it was wonderful, actually. And I'm glad you brought that up because there was so we, we looked at so many different approaches and models And like you said, we were encouraged to explore them and find the one that worked, you know, that fitted how we are and who we are. And um, interestingly, I've noticed that at the time there was things like CBT, for example. I was like, nah, I'm not interested. That's a bit too clinical for me. And I thought it would switch off a little bit. But now I use CBT a lot, a very more creative form of CBT. And there are other things that we learned on the course that at the time I didn't feel perhaps aligned with me or didn't feel we're going to be part of my approach but later down the line years later I go back to some of those models and go actually this would really work right now so and I think that's the beauty of um, training as an in, um, uh, an integrative I can never say it properly <laughs> yeah, integrative isn't it yeah in- integrative that's it <laughs> Uh, counselor therapist that you can draw from all these wonderful models and mix and match do you think that's what drew you to the course in the first place the fact that it was integrative or was that not on your agenda when you were looking at courses I think that was part of it for me yeah I wanted to I wanted to explore I'm a very curious person so I wanted to yeah have a have a look and, and, and have a feel for different ways of working and I definitely got that. Um, and that's that has served me really, really well um, because it's helped me then uh, become more, more well-rounded, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I agree. It was the... I just, just describe it as a real richness. It was very, very rich. It was a very grounding experience yes. and a very grounding place to be where you could just be... I just felt I could just be me there. And it felt as if it was completely safe to do that within our group of people and with the tutors. It felt very, very safe. And I think that for everyone listening, I think that's one of the biggest sort of takeaways that I would share. It's that sense of feeling safe. Mm. And from the moment I walked in there, it felt that. And knowing that we would be learning about lots of different aspects of counselling and lots of different ways of working with people enabled us to to grow as ourselves it was about us being us really wasn't it and and that was encouraged and I think that's the best bit of it oh that's so you've put that so beautifully Becky absolutely and and that's I think that's the key thing is that the more yourself you are and and I think that comes from being safe in your own skin then you can allow more of you to be as it is um, and more of you comes to the fore then the more that you can allow for that, the more that your, your clients pick up on that. That then gives them permission to be who they are, to be themselves completely. And I think that's all we ever really want, isn't it? As human beings, we just want to feel safe to be who we are um, and to be given that permission and to be held in who we are, as we are, within all our experience, whether that's um, comfortable or not comfortable. So, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. And that, that's why it was so key for us to have that yes, safety. In and time. I think that that was, oh, it was just amazing to have that. And I do remember from time to time 
entering into something called group process. Do you remember doing that? I do remember that. (laughs) And everyone would go, oh, there'd be a shudder in the room. (laughs) Yes, absolutely shudder at the thought of it because it was so difficult, wasn't it, at times. And yes, a group process where the other words would be uttered. But I think that those group processes, if that's even a word that we did, Mm. I feel that that was part of that safety. It was part of, of enabling that space for us all to be really honest and of course, as counsellors, we're learning yeah. to work with that real, raw and honest bit of ourselves. And then there are times in, exactly. within that group process that we were, maybe we did have a problem with somebody. Maybe there was an issue lurking under yeah. the surface that we needed to um, explore together. And although they were really scary, yeah. I don't know about you, but I really appreciated them. They, were, they always felt like they, they reset mm. everything. It's almost like the calm after, calm after the storm, if that's even possible. You know, you'd have that storm yeah. and then calm would just be there. You'd have the calmness and it would feel fresh again. And that was my experience of it, even yeah. though it could be quite difficult at times. Definitely. It was like um, that, you know, in the group process, the, that invitation to kind of excavate on quite a deep level how you were experiencing other people in the space and what that might be triggering in you and what's like what that was triggering in them so quite deep work and like you say quite could be quite scary at times but really really interesting very useful and a rich and fertile ground for growth yeah that summarizes um, it perfectly that was that was perfect that it's just about nourishing isn't it and being nourished and part of that nourishing is being held whilst we're going through some of this and knowing that the the tutors were there to hold the space whilst we were being really raw and real with with our course peers and and some of those course peers were friends weren't they you know by the end we, we were friends as well as peers and of course that's a very difficult boundary to hold for everybody of course yeah and I think that takes real skill and again um you know take my hat off to the tutors for that there was such a skill there in holding the space for all of us and for it to stay safe you know the tutors provided a container for all that kind of icky stuff to come out if it needed to come out and it has to come out otherwise it festers that's it and it's just about finding the safest way for it to come out isn't it (laughs) And I know one thing that that always sticks with me, and and I guess it will be the same for you, is the Viva exams. And when I'm thinking about the most, di- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When I'm thinking about the most difficult parts of the training, I think group process comes up as one of them, and the Viva exam comes up as the other, like the the key kind of ouch yeah. moments that we sort of went through during our two years. And I'm wondering yeah. how you found the experience of the Viva and what that was like. Well, I think that was probably, the, for me, the most challenging part of the whole training. But because I, because I'm so, I, don't, I, I don't respond very well to pressure I'm being put on the spot. I've never been very good at any... I, I, I don't like exams. Um, so obviously in the Viva, I did feel pressured and on the spot because they you know you walk into the room and there's Ken our tutor and the examiner I don't think it was particularly long either maybe it was half an hour 45 minutes I don't I can't remember I don't think it was particularly long but it felt like forever um I was extremely nervous I didn't think I would be but I was I remember not sleeping very well the night before 
And I think mine was in the morning and I couldn't eat breakfast. And I was like, oh, I just want this to be over. And then just feeling really nervous. And But I remember Ken, it was lovely having him, that he was really sweet and supportive. And... Um, and then the examiner actually wasn't too bad either. He was actually all right. He was They were both on my side, I felt. I just got through it. I, You know, I don't think, interestingly on reflection, I don't think I gave the best of myself in that viva. But I think the examiners are probably aware of that, that people are going to be nervous, you know. You know, if you've got your feet up and you're having a cup of tea with a mate, you're going to be more comfortable, aren't you? So, you know, that's not what the viva is. So obviously there's a certain element of um, of nervousness and pressure. But I just remember being completely relieved afterwards and then just praying that I got through it. And then when I heard that, I think they say it straight away. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they said, you. yeah, right, you're through, you've passed. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I could have hugged them both. Yes. I was just ecstatic. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself, I have to say, after all that time. It was it felt like a huge um milestone and triumph. That's it. They do make it into a celebration, don't they, in that sense. And and I I didn't have Ken in the room for mine. I had Sue, which was our other tutor. And oh, and she was yeah, yeah. she was equally lovely and to have a familiar face when I walked in just meant so much to me to have her there and just, yeah. you know, she didn't really say anything. She didn't really do anything. But just knowing that she was there just made so much difference yeah. to me. And to be able to just say, yeah, she's there and she's rooting for me felt really good. And I remember walking back down the stairs afterwards and Ken was at the bottom of the stairs waiting and he just gave me the biggest hug. And I remember it just being this most Aww. amazing moment of like, <laughs> well done. Because I, I often mm. suffered confidence-wise, you know, a lot through this. And yeah. I was equally proud of myself, as you were just describing then. I felt a sense of like, wow, mm. I've actually gone and done it. And it was one of the most yes. amazing moments. And I don't think I'll ever forget it. And although I can't remember the exam oh. very well, I just remember yeah. the walking out of the room bit is the bit that I can really recall. I can't really recall much else. I think I've blocked out of my memory. Um, but <laughs> it was a blur. It blurred it out. And, but it was absolutely yeah. incredible to just say, I've done it and, and this is it. And then be like, now yeah. what? <laughs> so, you yes. Know. What's yeah. next? Yeah, what's next and where do we go? And, yeah. and I think um, I did take a long time. I think I needed time to sort of recover and to reset after everything that we'd all been through collectively, both positive and more mm. difficult things had come up through the course. Mm. Um, and I needed yeah. time to reset, but I knew that I wanted to do this sort of work. I think that that was yeah. just the icing or the icing and the cherry on the top was to get the the Viva exam and to walk out and say I've done this and I've got a piece of paper to prove it now <laughs> yeah yes I'm qualified do you know it's funny as you as you're talking I do remember just having the um because we had to record one of our client sessions and then give it to the examiner and then the examiner would play it back in the session so all three of you sitting there listening to this recorded session that you've done with her. And I'll never forget that. And I was just yeah. like, please swallow me up right now. Well, life. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, that was really yeah, it's, it's confronting, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I think it has to be, you know, you, they, they kind of, it tests your metal, yes, I think. I love that saying, it tests your metal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you made of? 
because you're gonna you're gonna be challenged in that in in your role as a counselor so it's important to to be challenged yeah, in your vibe. I agree and I think it, it enables you to showcase what you're trying to do and and essentially to remember that you're bringing you into the space and yes I think that I really now you're talking exactly. about it I've just had a flash of memory of yes sitting and listening to that tape right. and <laughs> feeling a complete sense of like why on earth did I say that yeah. and you know, and, and realising that actually we, we'd said all of the, the tape itself, we must have listened to 500 times probably by the time we actually submitted it. Because you go over it and over it and over it, listening to the tape mm. and, and really trying to understand everything about it. And yeah. it's amazing how in the moment when it's being played for all three of you, yes. I was cringing at some of the things that I'd said and just thinking, you know, why did I say that? Why did I even say <laughs> it? Um, but I think that's human nature, yeah. isn't it? To just exactly. pick apart ourselves. And I think that's something which I've done, you know, probably throughout my whole career. I've picked myself apart uh. sometimes. And and I've realised more recently that you don't yeah. need to do that. Oh, God, <laughs> you me don't too. need to anymore. Mm. So that was a real kind of big part yeah, I still I still cringe now, you know, in some of my um, client work. I think, oh, God, why did I just say that? And then I might leave the session just going, oh, that, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's just part of it, isn't it? Questioning yes, oneself, yeah. um, which is which is important, too, for, you know, self-development yeah, and professional exactly. development. Uh, but as long as it's not too, as long as you're not being too unkind or critical yes, with yourself. Yeah. I think that's exactly mm. what what they instilled into us, yeah. isn't it? Is that you are doing your best. You're, and I, th- I know that Ken used the terminology that always stays with me forever and ever and ever. It's be good enough, good enough. You don't have to be perfect. That's exactly yes. what stayed with me, Becky. So it's, isn't it interesting how yes. that stayed with you too? Yeah, yes. that goes through me my too. mind a lot. Uh, yeah, often because you know it's a hard job sometimes, and I come away going, "Oh man, I think I've oh I screwed that up, or oh, I could have done better here, or done better there." And it's like it's okay, and I've got Ken's voice in my head saying, yes, "You just need to be absolutely. good enough." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember now." Yeah, it re- it really resonates yeah, it does for me. Clear. And I I often also yeah, hear Sue definitely. talking about what's in the field because she was very gestaltish, wasn't she? And there was lots around that kind of what's in the field. And she sometimes was, yeah. that would come up for me sometimes, that idea of, yeah, what's around here? What is it? And so that that's another terminology or phrase that I've picked yeah, up from, from our yeah. training that I've never forgotten. And it feels oh, it feels yeah. just so enlightening yes. to look at that in that way. Like, what's in the field? What's around? You know, what are we doing here? So many levers, levels and layers to what we do. Um, pick up on so much, which is why supervision is really important as well, because there's this, gosh, worlds within worlds that can happen in that, you know, hour or 50 minutes or whatever it is that, you know, that client space uh, that you're holding together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, as you said, it's rich. It sort of feels yeah. as if when you think about supervision, yeah. it, it kind of enables mm-hmm. you to explore and to learn about yourself. And I think that that's what kind of happens from the moment you begin your counselling training journey, really. It's about learning about yourself and learning about what presses those buttons for you and really exploring. Mm. So whether it's right at the beginning at level two or right up to, to qualifying and into supervision, you're continually yes. looking at yourself and understanding yourself. Um, and I think that that's mm. a big part of the training, isn't it? Yes, 
Do you know what? I, I think probably because people have because I've changed an awful lot in the last couple of years. I've, I've changed exponentially, I would say, and I would put a lot of that down to the client work that I do. I, I honestly say this. This is no exaggeration. I have moved mountains within myself through the work I do with with my clients. Um, it's it's quite extraordinary that that what they bring to the space it reflects so much back to me and yes. vice versa. So I gain so much nourishment and cell and healing actually through the one-to-one work I do with the young people. Um, I, I even said this the other day to a friend, I said, I feel like um, sometimes I feel like I should be paying them. <laughs> like it just, it's particularly because with the two, because I work with really young ones sometimes, these little ones holding that space for them. I'm seeing my own inner child reflected back mm. at me. All yeah. the time. It's amazing? incredible. I've got yes. a little five-year-old here and I can see my own five-year-old looking back at me. And it's 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 really, really beautiful. And it's oh, it's heartening and it's it's challenging and it's painful and it's wonderful and it's everything. But yeah, it's um yeah, I would hundred percent so grateful for that level of my uh understanding of myself and the journey through the work I'm doing. You always felt to me like you were really self-aware, you know, even from the very beginning of our diploma when I first met you. I was always really aware of your self-awareness, if that makes sense, and, you know, how well you knew yourself. Yeah, Yeah, it always stayed with me. And your creativity is something that I will always remember about you. Mm. And and I think, I, I reckon you might know where I'm going with this, but one of the most amazing memories that I have I about think the I course, do. yeah, is yeah. your beautiful puppet, yes. Lily. And she, yes, Lily. she bought something out for me that was just magical. And I guess for the people listening, it might be important for us to just fill them in on Lily. And I wonder how you feel about that. Yes. Oh, Lily, I love Lily. So Lily is a a marionette puppet that I made, gosh, a long time ago now, 15 plus years ago. And um, I love puppets and um, use them quite a lot in my work with children. I think they're incredible resources. Children are so open and and more willing in some ways to talk to a puppet than they are to a a human. So it, it opens up a lot for children. And um, they can express themselves through puppets as well. Like I've got a, a bird, a big fluffy, angry-looking bird, and some of the kids just love oh, him because wow. they get all their, you know, they can really express their anger and rage through this bird. Um, so Lily was the puppet I made, and because um, I, I did my dissertation, my, uh, what do you call it, um, final dissertation type thing. Yes. I can't remember the words. Um, anyway, uh, for, for our training on puppetry in therapy, um, so that was a big part of my, that's, and it still is a passion of mine. So Lily came out and did a little performance in front of everybody yes, to some music, didn't amazing. she? Yeah, and yes. captured everyone's heart. Yeah, she was absolutely yeah. amazing and something that I've, n- I've never forgotten. And yeah, I'm really pleased that you still, you still have her because yeah. she was very, very special. And I do. Yeah, I, I remember. And it, yeah. And I wrote a book about her as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is the book for sale? We need to put a link there if so. There's only literally a few copies left. Um, 
because I'm not actively selling it uh, at, at the moment anymore. But if anyone's interested, yeah, we can link link that in. There's a, there's a few hard copies yes, left. Okay, so some lucky people can snap those up for sure. Do you know what? It's been absolutely amazing to catch up with you today, and it, it feels to me like we haven't had all that time apart. I don't know how you feel, um, but but just to reminisce. I know. Um, just before we finish, one thing I wanted to ask you is. Do you have any advice for the students yeah. that might be listening that perhaps are just starting out? Have you got any advice you'd like to share with them? I, do you know what comes to me straight away is um, I would say just keep it real with yourself. Um, don't expect too much of yourself and just really sink into where you are in your journey. So wherever that is, is the perfect place to be. And don't try and rush it um, or, or feel like you need to leap ahead um, in any way. And, and a lot of becoming a good counsellor and a good therapist is all about your internal journey. So really, really, yeah, staying with that and being really raw, honest and incredibly kind and loving with yourself every step of the way. That would be my advice. Oh, I couldn't have put that better myself. I absolutely, mm. that's amazing. And do you know, thank you so much for today. Oh. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you being here. And I just know that all of the people listening are going to absolutely love you because you come across so oh. beautifully. Um, oh, so thank massive you, thank you to you, Cassie. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us. If you'd like to strike up a conversation or ask any questions please do get in touch and come and find me on Facebook. If you would like to learn more about Cassie, her work with young people, and the new service offering consultation for parents, please see her website, Holistic Learning. The link will be in the show notes below. Until next time, have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.